Do you have babies, bills, or a billion other barriers to your entry into the trillion-dollar industry of real estate investing? Well, you're in the right place. So thanks for tuning in to the Real Tea Talks with Taiyi podcast show. I'm your host, Taiyi. That's T-I-Y-E. If you haven't been following me already, subscribe now. You can find me on all major podcast platforms and social media. Before we get started, I want you guys to go register now for the free webinar training on this topic. Go to bit.ly slash creative financing webinar to register now. That's bit.ly slash creative financing webinar. I have now done over $100 million in real estate transactions over the last 10 years and counting, going from a real teen mom with one daughter at the time, wholesaling and door knocking residential pre-foreclosure properties, to now national real estate investor with five children and four businesses, buying and selling residential and commercial properties. And I want you to do the same. So let's do it. Hey guys, this is Coach Taiyi again, T-I-Y-E. I am back with today's episode about the subject to model of financing for your deals. So again, yesterday we talked about a brief overall introduction into what the subject to model entails. And today, just giving you a sneak preview of what that So again, today we are going to be delving into more about like buying property subject to the pros and cons of the subject to model for financing and also the potential risks to you and the seller because there is no pain without uh, there is no gain without pain. As the saying goes, there's no come up without also the potential of risk. Okay, so we want to be real about that. So again, um, yesterday's episode was about just the general overview when we get more into buying property subject to and how the model actually works in practice. What most people don't realize is when they purchase a home subject to, they are actually in control. As an investor, you are the one who owns the home at that point. The seller simply owns the loan, the debt, okay? You have no contractual obligation to the mortgage company on the loan. Your contractual obligation is with the seller of the property. So you will have the deed also to that property as a result of buying properties through this financing model. But before you can get too excited, because it is super exciting to talk about, remember that with great opportunity, again, comes the potential of risk. So first off, I wanna review the pros and cons of using this creative financing option for subject two. So first off, uh, the pros of subject two, there's so, so many. I'll give you the ones just kind of that come to mind off the top of head just to familiarize you, okay? So number one is if done correctly, this strategy definitely will provide you with monthly cash flow and equity. Again, it can provide you with monthly cash flow, okay, in addition to equity at the time of the purchase. Number two, you are also able to acquire properties without coming out of pocket with typical down payment amounts. So that means instead of saving 20% down, 5% down, if you're in an FHA or government insured mortgage-backed program, you don't need to have those monies down. You are able to acquire properties without coming up out of pocket upfront with 
money. That is how you buy money with no money down, okay? Subject to financing model provides this opportunity to you. The number three is that since your credit also is not being used, you can purchase multiple homes with this strategy. On regular mortgages, you can, uh, I'm sorry, with regular home mortgages and per person as an individual, you usually can get away with about six mortgages in your personal name. With the seller to, uh, excuse me, with the subject to financing model, you can purchase properties, multiple properties with this strategy without a credit impact. That allows you as an investor to really leverage your credit, both business and personal, and purchase other properties through traditional means if you desire to. If you want your primary residence, uh, to, to own that residence, then you have the leverage in your credit and finances to be able to do that in addition to having cash flowing equity built properties through the subject to financing model. Are you guys getting this? Like that is insane leverage and value. And that's the power of the model. Another subject to pro is that also um, the homeowner does benefit, okay? This is not just a one-sided win. No, it's a win-win for everybody involved. The homeowner benefits because they can actually sell their property without many of the fees that are inherent to tra to uh, like traditional sales transactions, like no realtor fees or no other closing costs. Now, transfer taxes, you, as a side note, you definitely want to be aware of your state laws. If those are applicable in the state that you're investing in, you need to know that and you need to pay attention to that because that was my biggest downfall with this model 10 years ago was with transfer taxes and not paying those. I was not trying to vacate them intentionally. I just was not educated and aware that in the states I was investing in that transfer taxes were triggered by a subject to sale. So please, please do your homework, know the knowledge and adhere to your local conventions or rules such as, okay? So again, that last pro was that the homeowner does benefit because they save in fees. They're not paying realtor commissions or fees. They're not paying closing costs or any of those other associated transactional cost when you're talking about traditional sales versus subject to. Now, again, like I said, using this option to finance your purchases with no little to no money down does come with, you know, some inherent risk. And I don't want to be remiss of not telling you guys about those. So you're not like, hey, Taiyi, I thought you said that I can purchase the property with no money down. Like now I have this problem or now this happened or, you know, this is not working. This is a scam. This is spam. This is illegal. No, you're just not educated. OK, so get educated remember what I'm about to tell you so that if and when those things, if they do occur, hopefully not when they do, but if they do, you are ready, you're prepared and you're knowledgeable about the potential of those risks. So number one, what that means is that potentially you own the home and can't change your mind even if the market changes or you can't sell it because you now have an ethical responsibility to the original seller, okay? So that means ethics plays a critical and huge part just like rapport in this whole model is that you own the house. You are now a homeowner. If not for your first time, then you are another property's owner, okay? That ownership has transferred to you now as an individual or a company, depending on how you acquired the title to the property, okay? You can't change your mind. It's too late once that escrow and transaction closes. So if the market changes, if it's volatile, if, if, if people are losing their jobs, if tenants stop paying rent, things that are happening even right now, you can't sell the property for some reason because the average days on the market is too high. Whatever the situation may be, you have an ethical response 
responsibility to the original seller to pay the mortgage so that it does not impact their credit, which brings me to the second potential risk of all of this is that if you don't make payments on time, you can hurt the seller's credit. So be mindful of that. It's not your credit that you had to leverage. So protect and preserve the credit of who you're actually leveraging. Like that means do not bite the hand that feeds you. This seller is feeding you a hand. They're throwing you a dime pass. Okay. They are giving you essentially money on a platter. They are giving you access to resources that you may or may not have had available, which is their credit, their name, their worthiness, okay, as a borrower. So if you don't make those payments on time, you can definitely hurt their credit, which is not cool. You don't want to do that. Now, number three is that there is also a possibility that the lender could call the loan due. Now, the loan being called due is because of a clause in mortgage documents and deeds of trust that's called a due on sale clause. Do your research. I'm not going to go into detail about it is use your friend Google or YouTube or better yet, contact a local um, attorney if you don't have one and ask, hey, what's up with the due on sale clause? Don't ask like that because you might have limited results, but just sound knowledgeable and in tune with the subject to model and say, hey, if the due on sale clause is uh, evoked by a lender on a property that I own, what is the potential of that? Number one, what can be some of the problems with that, right? Number two, and number three, what will I be kind of forced into doing or what would be my options if that did happen? And what does it even all mean? The due on sale clause, write that down because if the loan is called due by the existing mortgage holder or the lender, you need to have a resolve of action. Now, number four, as a potential con and most, um, you know, problematic benefit, uh, I'm sorry, um, problematic risk to this whole option of subject to financing is that you will need to obtain a new insurance policy naming you or your company as the insured on the policy. Now, that could be seen as a con, quote unquote, but to me, that is a huge benefit. I do not say it's a con, but because when asked by the popular public, hey, is this a good thing or a bad thing? For some reason, people think, that you having to obtain a new insurance policy, naming you and your company as the insured on the policy is a bad thing. Like who does that? That's not a bad thing. But in terms of cost, it may be. So as soon as that escrow is closed, you need to have that policy effective in you and your company's name to be added as additional insureds and the name of the insured on your insurance policy. That insurance policy needs to be a hazard insurance policy. So you need to call your insurance broker if you're going through a broker unless you're one yourself, because I know that I have some insurance brokers in the house. So you guys listening to this, doing this, modeling this, because it works. If you're any type of, you know, a little bit smart without a PhD, such as me, okay, common sense is saying, hey, model what works. In doing that, that means, hey, if I tell you, obtain a new insurance policy naming you and your company as the insured on the policy for you to be successful subject to financing of many, many properties, you need to do that. If you want to be proactive, I encourage you to do that. What does that look like? Call your insurance broker. Ask for a quote 
for a non-owner occupied property, provide them with the property details and for a new hazard insurance policy with you and your company named as an insured on that policy. Get the quote, know the numbers for your area as a general rule of thumb so that if you're acquiring them with no money down for the purchase, the insurance is something separate and different that you definitely need to have, okay? Now, another tip that I'm gonna leave you guys with on today in regards to the subject to financing model is in some states, if you're a licensed realtor or if you're trying to use a realtor to do these deals, which I do not advise that you do, realtors could be fined or even lose their license because it can be considered against their code of ethics to assist a person in actually violating, quote unquote, a clause in the real estate contract. Now, I will talk more about that when I talk to you guys more in regards to the legal component of it all, the do on sale clause that I, I mentioned earlier. But again, realtors could be fine. They can even lose their license. If you're a licensed agent, that could be disheartening. That can be a career killer for some. Okay. So again, heed to the advice and that tip is that you may not want to use a realtor, not trying to circumvent fees, but to actually protect the integrity of the transaction and the license of the realtor by not including them so that you're not putting their license in name in, in jeopardy of fine or losing it altogether. Okay. Now that is in a nutshell, what I want you guys to be aware of in regards to the subject to financing model. Now, I do want to talk a little bit more about the potential risk to you and the seller because as investors, we do our best to minimize the risk involved with any transaction. Like this is nothing different for this model, okay? So I'm not harping about this because I'm saying, hey, in other models, you don't have to be so um, you know, uh, cautious about the inherent risk. No, it's involved in any transaction. So you have to know that, okay? Now, building strong relationships and writing solid contracts are also especially important with a subject to deal to really ensure that the seller follows through and um, that, you know, also pay the, the, the mortgage is paid with the funds that you're paying them because buying subject to does carry risks for home buyers. And it also may expose sellers to certain liabilities. And because of these potential risks, it is strongly recommended that you definitely, like I said before, seek the legal guidance on the required paperwork and the risk adherence. Um, you do need to be not risk averse, but you need to be risk adherent, meaning you need to be aware of it so you can manage it, not out of sight, out of mind. That doesn't work in this model, okay? Because um, I'm gonna give you three main risks that you definitely wanna be aware of that are seen the most often. Number one is that due on sale clause. I'm gonna give you guys a sneak peek at what that means because I know, I know, I know majority of you hearing this, 80% of you will do absolutely nothing with that advice to call your local attorney in your area and seek more information. So I'm gonna give you a cheat. I'm gonna give you a pass. Yes, that's what I'm gonna do, okay? So here. It is the do on sale clause. It's probably the most actually talked about, feared, and misunderstood topic all in one. Okay, because almost all mortgages actually have a quote unquote do on sale clause that allows the lender to accelerate the loan, calling for that loan immediately to be paid off if they discover that the seller has passed the ownership of the property to somebody else, meaning if the deed changes names from Joe Schmo to Jillian Smo, right, that can trigger the due on sale clause. If the lender discovers that that transfer 
uh, happen, then they, they may call the loan due, requiring the loan to basically be paid in full in 30 days, right? So they do give you a grace period, but it's only for 30 days. Now, a possible situation may occur where you are right in the middle of rehabbing the property when you receive that notice. If it cannot be paid, meaning that balance in full, you have no access or ability or availability of funds to pay that loan in full in 30 days, then the lender does have the option to begin the foreclosure proceedings. In most states and cases, it's unlikely that it will actually occur. So this is a very slim to uh, slim likelihood, but it can happen. And it's been our experience that lenders actually aren't very concerned about where the payment and money is coming from so long as they are being paid, period, right? So it's important that you know that it's not always the case, but it is a possibility. Number two, the lien obligations. Remember, you will have the obligation to satisfy all of the liens and encumbrances, meaning all the debt before you can sell the property, especially if you're renovating it. So make sure that you do a title search. Call your title company, do a title search. It may cost you, yes, but it's worth it in the long run. You may be told that there is only a first mortgage, but once you start doing some digging into the title history, you could find so much more. So when your obligation to pay is greater Listen to me, when your obligation to pay is greater than the profit you will make on a deal, it just won't be worth your time. Don't try to make every property a deal. Don't try to make this model work for every property that you are trying to acquire. And number three, late payments, okay? Entering into a subject to real estate contract requires a very high level of trust, okay? All things else considered, if an investor does start making mortgage payments late or you don't make them at all, God forbid, the seller can default on the loan and possibly even cause a foreclosure to be reported on their credit. So the integrity that the homeowner is counting on for you to make these payments is then lost, which would suck, okay? For your name, your brand, your reputation. You don't want to do that, okay? You want to do good ethical business. In order to uh, overcome these potential risks, though, it is imperative to really disclose it all in writing, any or all of the above quote unquote problems that I talked about that could happen, that should not happen, you still wanna disclose them in writing because it is super solid business. It's honorable business as a practice for a seller to disclose the extent of their liability that he or she may have. So of course, this disclosure from you about the potential risk will also benefit the investor by means of helping to have you even potentially forego a lawsuit if something down the line goes wrong, okay? Another helpful tip here, and the last one I wanna give you for today to think about is that if the sellers are going to file bankruptcy, do not, I say do not go through with this deal, okay? If they're gonna file bankruptcy, if you do, the bankruptcy court can come back and actually make you a creditor. That means that they can make you pay the equity. You do not want to get caught up with dealing with these sellers' issues in federal bankruptcy court like nobody does, right? So we also recommend that you fill out subject to contracts in the presence of an attorney with a live notary available to also authenticate to validate your documents, okay? So if the seller is filing bankruptcy, don't do the deal. It's a no deal. Don't think about it. Don't contemplate it. Don't do it. You don't want to have to be caught up in federal court explaining and let alone paying for the equity in the property, period.
okay? So I hope this was helpful. Like, share, subscribe to this channel if you guys got golden nuggets. If you want to actually learn and know more about how to find deals that fit this model, tune in tomorrow. Stay tuned so I can give you guys all of this tea about how to get in the game with no money down like I did. Super helpful. I only feed off of and benefit from your comments. So please like, share, subscribe, comment. Let me know your feedback. Are you guys feeling this model? Are you getting it? Are you guys excited about what you're hearing and learning about, about the potential of opportunity to create cash flow monthly as well as build equity with no huge money invested in the purchase, if at all, if structured correctly. I hope it has been valuable. Tune in again for the next episode and I look forward to giving you guys more tips and tricks on how to make this work for you, your business, your family, and building your own portfolios like I did, okay? Cheers to your investing success. Go out, do something with the information you learned today. If it's nothing more than teach it to somebody else and tune in tomorrow for more. Peace. P.S. I know that I talk a mile a minute. I know that I talk super fast and I cannot apologize for it. I am naturally a fast talker. So please, if you need to listen to this over again, stop it, pause it, take notes. I encourage you to do so. Until then, be great. And I'll talk to you guys later. For real this time. Okay. Are you interested in learning more about how you can apply these same principles and strategies to create or enhance your existing real estate investing business as well? Well, register now for the free webinar training at bit.ly slash creative financing webinar. That's bit.ly slash creative financing webinar for more tips, tricks, and support along that path so that you can learn the process and prosper. Until then, tune in to the next episode. Bye.